Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And we load this conference call on a podcast platform. It's not a podcast, but we're on 16 different platforms because we wanted these calls to get out to everybody. Uh just want to emphasize again, it is a conference call. It's not a podcast. Uh, but the reason it's on the podcast platforms is because it's easy access to get to. So we put these calls out here so people could go back and listen to them uh, over and over and over because, you know, the way you learn is through repetition. Repetition is key, and also is another K is king, K-I-N-G. That's how you learn songs. That's how you learn uh, everything that you learned in school is what you heard over and over and over and over. And you heard it for from the kindergarten to 12th grade. Then you went to college, you heard it again over and over and over. So repetition was put in our heads over the years, and that's how we learn. Now, the key is to unlearn and relearn. Now, you said, well, where are we going to unlearn and relearn? I'm glad you asked. Uh, that's what this call is about. It's about our paradigm, the way that we live, the way that we operate, the thoughts that we have, the things that were programmed in us at an early age. Because what we're trying to do is, is advance financially, or that's what we are doing. In order to advance financially, we've got to change some thoughts in our head because there's some things that have been programmed in us at an early age because most of us, 99.9% of us grew up in a, a middle-class or poor neighborhood. Now, to me, middle class or poor is kind of in the same category when it comes to uh, information that's being, you know, passed out, things that we heard. We heard almost the same thing from a poor neighborhood and a middle class, so don't get that twisted thinking, well, you know, it's a little different. No, if you're in a wealthy neighborhood, super wealthy, that's different because they say a lot of different things. But here, what we're trying to do is pull up some of those thoughts that you heard you know, from the womb to age 9 or 10, and then you continue to hear it. But that's up to 9 is where it was really programmed and locked in because, you know, we had nothing else. It was a clean slate. So everything that was put on our minds, like, you know, rich people evil, money is evil, you chasing money, money ain't, money's the root of all evil. I know, I know it's not what the Bible said, the love of money, but that's not what's been imp- implied over the years that, you know, you chasing money and this and that. And so those things have to be brought back up, and you have to look at those and say, now, should I go on with life with these or should I not? Because that's what's holding us back. It's not the script. It's not what you say in business. It's not how you, uh, you know, approach a person in business. It's that you do approach somebody and that you do say some things. Now, the, pre- the reason we don't do those things is because our thoughts. It's holding us back. We're feeling like, well, I don't deserve to have that. I don't deserve to be rich. I don't deserve, you know, that's for, you know, that's for the, the big evil folk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's for the people who, you know, who agree. I'm not agree. I just love the Lord. So I'm not supposed to be rich. <sighs> we got to get that out of you. We got to get that. We got to see once we get that out. And reprogram, you know, uh, we got deprogram and reprogram. Then we could do a lot of things because our thoughts, you know, create our actions, and our actions change our life. But if our thoughts are, you know, we can't win. Our thoughts are, you know, nobody you know has ever won in life. Our thoughts are, you know, this is where I should be. You know, I should, you know, mediocre. Or this is, you know, you know, things that were programmed in us. 
we got to change those. And we got in order to move forward. You know what I'm saying? I know we get a lot of information. A lot of us have um, a helium head full of knowledge. I mean, we got knowledge everywhere. You can Google and get all the knowledge. But what's going to make you move on that and continue to move day in and day out when you don't feel like doing it, when you are feeling low, when you don't feel like you're worth it? We've got to get you to that point where you feel like that. And then it'll keep you going because, you know, you're defeating. Pretty much what we're doing most of the time is just putting a Band-Aid on something and we got to get our thoughts right, folks. I'm just telling you over and over and over. Uh, that's why I do these calls Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And that's my fight. You know what I'm saying? That's, you know, if we can get one person or two people or three people to see that and also join the fight, then that's what we're talking about here because that's how you change your life. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. My belief is you can have all the information you want. They can give you all the things you should say. You should have all the scripts. You should know exactly what to say, and you should go out there and do it. But who's doing that? Because if that's the case, everybody would be wealthy because the information is out here, folks. You can get on everybody's training call, and they give you all the great information to successful people, but then it's still 99% of people not winning. Okay, I go with 95%. Why? Thoughts. Thoughts cause action. Actions change your life. Why your thoughts that way? Why you feel that way? You're going to get it one day, folks. I'm telling you. We also have a replay number, 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085, same pin code, 783357-POUND. And uh, you can go back and listen to the replay right after this call. And it'll be up right after this call. And uh, you listen to it all the way to Friday morning. Then it's another uh, call comes up, and the rest of this will go on those 16 different podcast platforms from Breaker to iTunes to Spotify to Apple. And what I notice is that I think 51% of people are listening to these, these on Apple. Hmm. I think the other maybe 10% on Spotify, and then the other ones are kind of broken down. But we're getting people from – other countries, you know, it's kind of, I guess they're stumbling across it because we're not broadcasting this. But I guess the platforms kind of put it out there, so which is cool. Um, but the goal is to to change that, that paradigm, man, to have that paradigm shift and understand that it needs to be done. Now, again, you know, send these calls to some of the younger people. Send the link to somebody because some of y'all are so mature. Y'all just so mature that you're not going to change. You know, you your stuff is cemented in. It's almost like I got to... You had to get one of those, you know, those drills you see when you see guys on the streets working. And they had the, those power drills. <laughs> you know, I almost had to get those and put on your brain to crack some of this stuff. But give yourself a round of applause just for being on the call and hopefully taking notes in the class so whether you do what you want to do or not. All right, so y'all ready to go? I know we on mute, and I know I can't hear you guys, but this is how I feel this morning. So I'm going to play this for about a minute and a half, and then we'll be back because I'm feeling kind of like this. Tonight. Ooh. 
your mindset, you, you've been conditioned for so many years, have been in, in the neighborhoods around people, and your paradigm is just just poor. It's just a, a poor mindset paradigm. You know. Now, can it change? Yeah. But it, it's, it's hard to change that. It, it's probably better or easier to go with the broke person who still believe that maybe they can win in life, but right now they just kind of, you know, money circulating. You know, the money's circulating, but they still got an idea they can win. But there's some poor and poor mindsets out here that just don't, I don't care what you do or say for them. It's always going to come back with, you know, with a what about this and, you know, nobody else done that. You know, so, yeah, it's a difference out here. The challenge is we don't know who because everybody's playing a good game of, you know, imposter. Everybody's pretending that they are uh woke or pretending that they know what's going on and pretend and sounding good because you could do that on the keyboards out here on on, on uh, social media now you can type some stuff boy you just you know make it sound like you just really but you know you're not there and but we don't understand that and so we go back and forth so i think that's a challenge yeah we 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 kind of even with ourselves we don't really know where we are but we kind of caught up dealing with uh people because there's a lot of imposters out here that pretending like they but that mindset is so uh man that mindset is so cemented in uh from being in that environment for so long repetition over and over and listening to things that you think is is right now it could be right for certain points but it ain't right if you're trying to move financially in life you're trying to change your money you're trying to get to a higher level those thoughts got to go man they got to you got to get them out of there they can't they can't that's not what the wealthy people think. And you say, well, I ain't wealthy. Well, that's that's one of the reasons. we got to start thinking that way. You know, you have to think that way before it happens for you. You know, you have to already be planning that way, having thoughts, setting things up. And, yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, and I messed the scripture up, and I don't know. Some of y'all might want to text me the scripture because I'm not, you know, an expert in the Bible. But I do remember some of the things that, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but it's like, okay, if you – expecting something, you know, I don't know if it was water or rain or expecting, I remember something like, well, why hadn't you dig the hole yet? Why why, why is it not there? You know, it's kind of like how we used to say, okay, if you want to get a new car, why don't you get them old cars at the driveway? Because you don't have room for a new car. Get them old pieces of car at the driveway. I was, I was at my mom's house last week, and on the side of the street of her house, man, this guy got about four old cars, and I know it just drives her crazy. I know it just irks at her. She didn't say anything to me lately about it, so I asked her about it. I said, "My who? Oh, <laughs> you know that's you know Jimmy. He he called himself working on him, and you know he got to get a piece off of this car. It's like just ruining the neighborhood. Just just and but see that's a poor mindset that he has because if you had a different type of mindset, you wouldn't have those old regular cars lined up on the street. You just wouldn't, you know. And I know." She probably would, you know, call the authorities or whatever, see if he can get moved, but, you know, she's cool with the guy, so she just, you know, because he's helped her before, you know, because, you know, she's up in age, so he's helped her, but still, that's an ugly look out there. And that's a poor mindset, in my opinion, that a lot of this stuff can't be, no, you can't say can't, but just won't, because you got to, it's so much work that you have to do. And some of y'all probably on this call with that, but you got this imposter type uh, attitude and trying to act like 
is not there because you hadn't left that environment yet. You still around that? You don't see no problem with four old, old cars sitting up in the on the street like that. You don't see a problem with you know refrigerator in the backyard, old tub back there. You know what I'm saying? You don't. Quite like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You 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 don't act like y'all don't know. I'ma post something today on my page. This lady this lady, uh, I stole it from my page. I said, I'm gonna take this too. I said, I'm gonna have to post this. And I wanna see y'all comment on this too. It's 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 uh it's about um I'm gonna tell you what it says. Then I'm gonna get to our, to what we're talking about today. So I'm gonna tell you what it says. It says, uh Hold on. It says five thousand years from now, archaeologists discover a e- immaculate preserved American dwelling circa C I R C A from nineteen fifty to two thousand. But they can't figure out who lived there, but they discovered it. Suddenly a black archaeologist finds one item and confidently declares a black family lived here. <laughs> And she says, post a picture of what they what she found. What was that one item that was found? That <laughs> I'm making an old piece of car, but I'm not. But I really got I got some. I'm gonna post, but I'm gonna post that out there. I need y'all to respond to that. Uh, <laughs> what item? I know some of y'all are thinking a hot comb. <laughs> find that hot comb. What you call? Was it curling iron? If you find one of them, you know. <laughs> All right, I digress. Let me get back to what we talk about here. All right, so he says here, almost every great achievement began with someone finally getting ticked off, saying enough is enough. Remember I talked about um, the lady uh, mad, M-A-D-D, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, because she had three kids that were hit by, by a drunk driver. Then she stopped and said, you know, I, I got to put my foot down today. I got to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something because enough is enough. Then, you you know, I talk about Rosa Parks. You know, she didn't want to get up. She's like, I'm tired. I don't care what y'all are going to do today. I done worked hard. I'm not moving to the back of the bus. Y'all do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, but I'm not giving up this seat to this white guy today. I'm just sorry. See, she had enough. And then some of y'all, you know, like you had divorces or whatever, or you left a job or you uh, just, you know, had enough. You know, just enough is enough. See, I don't think a lot of us are to that point because a lot of us have these decent jobs. You know, you might be mad at your job and you might, you might not be, you know, you might be, you know, saying I need another job or something like that. But you have one. So now, you know, and I'm, and I'm saying, and I'm not telling you to quit the job. I'm telling you, you have to get into a mindset on that job that this money I'm making is not what I'm live off of. This money I'm making is not what I'm going to, you know, you got to think to yourself, okay, money I'm trying to do for my business is what I'm going to have to live off of. Now, I know that's hard to do because you keep getting that check every week and that thing is deposited into your account. And so there's really no fight. See, it's a different fight when you don't have, when you don't have, you know that everything you kill, you have to eat. I mean, everything you, for you to eat, you got to kill something, meaning that you got to go out here and do something every day. You're not, you don't have a, uh, a fallback. That's a, I know a lot of people think, well, eh, it is. 
your thoughts, you're, you're thinking all kind of ways, you know what I'm saying? But again, that's not saying Tony's saying get out here and quit your job. I'm just telling you, you should have that, but you got to have a thought process that, man, I, I got to figure out a way to, to double and triple my income and my business. I got to figure that out. All right, so he says here, a good enemy gives you reason to get fired up. A nemesis pushes you to reach deep and use your skills, talents, and abilities to their fullest. Having to fight challenges your character and resolve. A fight will lead you to push harder and go further and hang on longer than you ever would otherwise. He said, hmm, sounds like a lot like love also, doesn't it? The reality is love and hate are the same thing, just looking at different directions. If you love something, you equally hate and threatens it, and threatens it also. If you love health and well-being, then you probably hate cancer and heart disease. If you love whales, then you probably hate global chemical pollution and human-activated climate change. If you love people and equal rights, then you probably hate gender discrimination, minority injustice, and poverty. So being successful in business requires an emotional charge. Love is great, but if that charge comes from your desire to right a wrong, fight the good, fight, or seek justice, then it's just as good as love and often even better. He said, I'll admit it. I love to fight. I just love to fight. Fighting is exhilarating passion, inducing, crusading champion force. He says, I love inspiring people's greater inner potential and their vision for what's possible for their lives, which is why I hate negative and perversely sensational news media News media, news media that y'all sit and watch all day, and their destruction of our positive spirit and creative potential. If you read The Compound Effect, which is, that's the book that most people know Darren Hardy for, uh, which we read also, that you can feel my anger against the overzealous commercial media that takes us for fools and bamboozles us into believing in the quick fix. That's one of the reasons I'm always talking about you got to stay away from that stuff. Not just the media, not just the news channels that you flip into every day, Fox and CNN. You know, them guys, you know, Fox and CNN is just like the Crips and the Bloods. You know, they all got an agenda. The Crips got an agenda, the Bloods got an agenda. Now, you should have an agenda, too, and it shouldn't be to watch any of that. Your agenda should be other, other things. Um, when I say watch any of that, now somebody takes that as, don't ever turn on the news. See, it's, it's, it's sad when you say stuff because you've got to come back and correct people because if I say don't, <laughs> if I say don't, don't watch movies, that somebody will come back and say, don't ever hear what you ever watch a movie. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying percentage-wise. I'm not telling you don't turn on the news. I'm saying don't spend all your day and night with it on in the background like some people do. Don't be just sitting there flipping and watching and trying to – and I'm not saying you can't watch a movie, but don't sit there and watch movie after movie like some people do. You know how y'all do that, and I hate I have to explain that to grown folk, but I'm going to do it again. So I'm, when I say that, I'm not saying don't do anything 100%. I'm just saying, you know, be smart about it. Understand this. This is what you need to understand. What you feed your mind the most is what you're going to become. What you watch the most, what you hear the most, is what you're going to believe. So if you only hear one side of something and you're hearing that the most, that's what you're going to believe in anything you do. That's why I say if you only hear some things from your neighborhood, from your pastors, from your friends, from whoever, you're, you're not, that's what you're going to believe. When you don't, 
You don't hear wealthy conversations from people. That's why we're telling you, like, when I didn't hear that when I was 28, 29, I never heard wealthy conversations. Y'all probably said, well, my friend who worked at uh, Bell South, they were wealthy. No, they wasn't. Stop it. The way I heard wealthy conversations was buying autobiographies of wealthy people. That's how I heard wealthy conversations, buying books from wealthy people who put the information in those books. That's how I heard wealthy conversations. That's how, that's how I realized what I heard growing up was totally opposite of what, and I grew up in, you know, what you would quote-unquote call a middle-class neighborhood, I guess. We had a middle-class house. We had people who said, oh, that was a nice house there. You know, we had a, but what I heard in that house, from the people in my neighborhood, from the pastor at my church, from the school teachers, was not, please hear me out, what I heard in the wealthy books, in the people that were wealthy, in the books that they wrote, the autobiographies that they wrote, the biographies they wrote. That was, it's a totally different conversation, folks. Totally different. And guess what? If you're hearing that for years, you hear you hearing the, the poor and the middle class conversation for years, and you hearing the, the wealthy come. Come on! But some of y'all fight books, man. I got people out here talking about me, and some of y'all probably are too. But some of y'all—that's all I'm trying to talk about. What the hell you want me to talk about? Sex, rock and roll, drugs, you know, screwing. Uh, you want me to talk about all that on my Facebook page? You want me to talk about that on the calls? But you get mad when I talk about it. I mean, there's people literally out here. That's all you do is talk about books. Well, you know how ridiculous that sounds, but you know, that's the, that's the mentality of, that's the mindset of a poor and a middle class person because that's what you heard. And so that's what's coming out of your mouth. It, it, it's like I, I see more people mad and crazy than if I talk about a book or mindset or personal development on my page or just talk to people about it. There is something wrong with me that I need to be talking to y'all about uh, all kind of stuff, like, you know, the, all the TV shows, all the, that's what Tony needs to be talking about. He, I'm books. Says, uh, do you know how ridiculous that sounds? Some of y'all are in agreement with it, but I know why. Because the way, what you heard for years and years and years, and what you, <laughs> you can't help but say it. You are on automatic. You and your friends were sitting around talking about, uh, I wonder what book. Uh, did Earl Nightingale su- suggest a book? Did Napoleon Hill suggest another book? Did, did uh, Tony Robbins suggest another book? Did somebody else? What books are you reading? Are you, are you, what la- what's the last good book you read? What, I ain't sitting around doing that. So when you hear me, I sound almost foolish to you all almost. It sounds crazy that I'm talking about that. When people see that out on social media, just because that's not what they're on automatic on the other thing.
Oh, no, it's an agenda behind the commercial. Now, they don't just put commercials out. Now, there's a, a reason that they did that whole little line, you know, a whole little thing on, you know, <laughs> on doing that in 60 seconds. Just like, you know, the Instagram thing. You know what I'm saying? It's an it's agenda behind, you know, having, you know, women on there half naked, dudes on there, you know, bumping their the jewelry and money. It's an agenda behind all that, folks. But you talk about it, you're a hater. You, see, you're hating because, see, you got to get in the game. You got to get out there and get your drip on, get the ball in. See, you got, <laughs> see Tony, you know, Tony old school. He's so old. He he don't he don't get it. No, Tony get it. Tony understands that. Tony has read enough to know the agenda behind that. What's the whole point of that? What's the whole purpose of all the stuff that's out here? <laughs> to keep us in competition with each other, to keep us mad at each other, to go back and forth and look at... We, I, know, I know the agenda. No, he just hate. See, he's just old. He's just old. He don't know what he's talking about. He's just old. Yeah. You know what? Old, I'm, 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 I'm getting younger, but I'm super mature. But it's something about that brings a lot of knowledge, too, especially if you've been in the trenches. So immediate gratification, overnight success, you'll get with the swipe of your credit card. And three easy payments. You know, that's what they say. You know, three, you know, but wait. If you do it now, we're going to also throw in another. <laughs> he says, I hate the apathy, the mediocrity, entitlement, the victimhood mentalities that have been per- uh, permeated in our society. These are the enemies of my great love. And I'm willing to wage war with passion, fervor, I mean, fervor, until the day my loved ones lay me to rest, my sword still in hand. One of the best days of your life can be the day when you find your fight. What's your fight, folks? Do you do you have a fight? What your which is your why? You know how the the, the boxer was the movie. He said they asked him, "Well, how did you how did you not just do that?" He said, "I found my fight, and my fight was to take care of my kids. My fight was to make sure my kids ain't freezing sitting outside in the cold in Philadelphia because I couldn't pay the power bill or the rent." My fight was putting food in the refrigerator for them. He said, I found my fight. That's how he turned the fight around. Again, a lot of us are so comfortable, we don't have a fight. We just got this posture thing where we posture up every day and, yeah, I want to, you know, you know, this whole entrepreneur type thing that we got, you know, going on, which is going to backfire on a lot of people in the next two or three years, and they're going to hate that word. But when you find your fight, you can say to yourself, I had it, I've had it, enough is enough, and you stand up to push back. So he says, I challenge you with this thought. What are you willing to fight for? What do you see as an enemy to your industry, to your family, to your community? And I'm telling you what mine is, is that, is that, (laughs) oh, got me, I am using these. That damn thought process that we have, that program that we have, the stuff that we heard that, you know, and I know it's a big fight because I'm I'm going against a machine. It's a doggone machine out here that starts up from kindergarten. I heard they're trying to get to you earlier than kindergarten now. They're trying to get another little school together. I can't think of the name of it right now. But they're trying to get that brain. They want to get to that brain early and program you and put all those thoughts in your head. So that's my fight, but that. It's, you know, I'm, I'm the little bitty guy here on the, on the totem pole. If I can grab one or two of you guys and y'all get it and really get it and stop, un, stop, you got to get it, folks. You know, 
Because yeah. <laughs> he says, so I challenge you with this thought. What are you willing to fight for? What do you see as the enemy of your industry, your family, your community, of your world? Is it injustice? Is it cancer? Because you can have a health and wellness fight. You want that. If it's, is it poverty? Is it homelessness? Is it child abduction? I know a lot of people say, yeah, it's a child abduction. It's all that. But is that going to make you fight? Are you going to really get out here and go for it? You know, is it world, world hunger? Are you going to, you know, are you going to, see, if it's world hunger, then you're trying to make every dime you, you get and give it away, if that's what it is, to, to organizations that feed people. If that's what it is, or needlessly expensive car insurance, what, what is it? What is it? What is your fight for? What is your why? Help me, Lord. <laughs> All right, I'm done today. I'm going to stop right there. We'll pick up with this on Friday. We're going to pick up with Darren Hardy. And this is the second book we read of his, and I'm not telling you to go get it because you ain't reading the ones we have so far. But if you want to, that's up to you. It's called The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. Uh, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, you know, uh, by Darren Hardy. And I, I, I think I read this book four or five years ago, maybe six years. I don't know when we read it. But I've read it a couple of times, and I just walked to the shelf today and grabbed it because, man, I can walk to my shelf and just grab any book and go to the highlighted section, and we can have a party on this call on all those topics. Because there's so many things we could talk about when it comes to our thoughts, our paradigm, our mindset. And and the the biggest thing that's holding us back is that we kind of won't let our own environment go. Well, one of the things, our own environment is ourselves, is our own thoughts. And then the other people that we hang around on the job and, the other folks in the neighborhood, because you don't want them talking about you because now you're just separated, and you're afraid that by you separating that you still might not win, now you're really in trouble because they're going to tell you, oh, you didn't got cult-like separated, and now where your money? So you really were afraid of that. So, uh, you look, scared man can't win. And, you know, life is too short, folks. This thing can be over with real soon, and you out here tiptoeing through the tulips, trying to tiptoe to your grave without getting – Damaged without getting talked about, without getting hurt. I'm gonna tiptoe to my grave. Yeah, that's so crazy. It really is. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. Folks, let me tell you a suggestion. Go back and listen to this call, this particular one, ten times, over and over and over. Ten times. <laughs> Take notes on it, please. Go to sleep with it. Ten times. Hear me hollering and screaming about it. So you can see you're not hearing this in all the other places you're hanging out. And if you're not deep into the book, see, when I, when I separated from the other people, I got deep into the books. I got deep into the wealthy people, listen to how they talk and how they think. I got deep, and I, and I couldn't deal with the other stuff. I didn't. I, I set myself apart from that. You know, I, I couldn't. You see, some of y'all still got your foot over there, and all that other foolishness that you see, you caught up in that, and then you, you know, um, you, you still try. <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop. All right, mystery voice today. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for the mystery voice? And I am because I'm, you know, I'm kind of excited about this. So let's 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 get this going right now. Come on, mystery voice. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, sir. 
Gonna miss you, boy. Here it comes. <laughs> All right, so today, you got to be into, uh, you got to be a jazz guy, a jazz person. To get, that's the only hint I'm giving you right now. That's the only hint I'm giving you right now is that. Is a jazz person. That's it. Now, when y'all don't get it, preacher man, you should get it. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get it on this one. I probably to give y'all another one, another, but all I can say is a jazz guy. Now, if y'all don't get it, then I'm going to have to give you a few more. All right, here we go. A lot of people are sensitive. I understand that. And they're very particular. I mean, some people don't like their music sampled. I mean, one of the guys I worked with a lot in the studio was Rick James. He did not like uh, people sampling his music. And one of the biggest sampling hits was, was a, a record that, uh, that uh, the dancer. He called Hammer the Sailor. MC Hammer, yeah, 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 that, that, was, that was a record. It was, it was one of his biggest, biggest sellers. It's bigger than Rick's. It was a really big record. And, that was, and he didn't like the sampling, but I'm, I'm sure he liked the money. You know, Rick was funny. You know, Rick was funny because he would say, you know, I don't like people, you know, sampling. But it, to me, it doesn't matter, man, as long as somebody likes what they're doing. I remember somebody sampled one of my songs. <laughs> I'm glad I cut that off because I said the song. I'm going to get to you one more time. Here we go. A lot of people are sensitive. I understand that. And they're very particular. I mean, some people don't like their music sampled. I mean, one of the guys I worked with a lot in the studio was Rick James. He did not like uh, people sampling his music. And one of the biggest sampling hits was, was a, a record that, uh, that uh, the dancer, uh, MC, Hammer. MC Hammer, yeah, 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 that, that, was, that was a record. It was, it was one of his biggest, biggest sellers. It's bigger than Rick's. It was a really big record. And, that was, and he didn't like the sampling, but I'm, I'm sure he liked the money. You know, Rick was funny. You know, Rick was funny because he would say, you know, I don't like people, you know, sampling. But it, to me, it doesn't matter, man, as long as somebody likes what they're doing. I remember somebody sampled one of my songs. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I got so far. <laughs> Roy said, Boney James. That's a good shot. Nevonda said, Ray Charles. <laughs> you know, it sound like no Ray Charles. Or Harry Belafonte. Uh Tammy says Miles Davis. Let's see, Doctor Cheryl says Grover Washington. Mills says Nat King Cole. Come on, preacher man, where you at? <laughs> Mark said Daddy O. Daddy O. Okay. <laughs> yes, they are living. They are living. They are living, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit more in a minute because I'm gonna give you another hint. Now, this and I've said this story before. And but I might not have said it in the last five or six years, so y'all, some of y'all don't really know. But I have said this story before, so preacher man, if you get this, because I said this story. But I was in college. Me and my partners came to town in Atlanta. My aunt used to work at uh, one of the radio stations in Atlanta, and she got us tickets to this guy's concert, and it was at the uh, what's that place on on West Peace Street? Um, God, I can't think of the name. But we we in college, so we go. <laughs> I'm telling the story, and Harriet gets it already. So, so you 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 got it already, Harriet. So I ain't you know I'm still gonna tell the story. I don't know how you guessed it. I know how you should have guessed it, because if I was listening and I heard those 
that sound in the background, that's his sound. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would have picked that up right quick. I don't know how you came up with that, though, Harry. Tell me how you came up with that. It ain't like you know his voice. I like to know. But here's the story, though. So afterwards, you know, he was hanging around the stage, and we went down there, me and my partners, and had a chance to meet him. And I asked him about a particular song. I asked him why he didn't play it. Then I realized he was drunk as on the way. <laughs> he was plastered, and he was looking at all the young women that were standing around the stage trying to talk to them. And I'm asking him a question about, you know, he's like, what song are you talking about? I, I gave the name of the song. He's like, huh? Yeah, my boy Mike said, man, he plastered. <laughs> but he went through the whole show. I hear you still not telling me how you came up with that now. You just guessed it. It's a five-pointer, so you just guessed it. It's not Stevie Wonder. <laughs> uh, come on, Chris. You still didn't get it. Sonny Rollins. Nope. I'm going to tell you all this, though. He probably, and I heard him say in an interview. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put, it's a five-minute interview he did. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. Not the elite team, but my Facebook page as soon as we get off. I want you all to watch that because he probably is the most, he even said it, he's the most sampled uh, by hip-hop artists and R&B singers ever. Now, you know, well, he's the most sampled hits. Okay, so James Brown was the most sampled. You know, most people have sampled James Brown more than anything. But this dude has the most sample hits out here. So when you, you hear stuff from Tribe Called Quest, you hear stuff from Jay-Z, you hear stuff from uh, Most Def, you hear stuff from Mary J, you hear stuff from all kind of people, they sampled his stuff. Every time I see hear these songs, I'd be like, man, that's dude. Everybody sampled his stuff. He has the most sample hits, not just samples, but sample hits. You know, I think... As for jazz, I think Bob James might be number one because Bob James got a lot. But I'm talking about hits, like, you know, number one hits. This dude, was he's the man. They, everybody's copied his stuff. All right, so I'm, I'm going to put that on the stage, though. But the winner goes to Harriet, and that person is... I don't know what happened. Somebody cut me out right before I was about to give y'all the answer. <laughs> but again, the most sample hits from R&B stars, I mean R&B guys out here, and then the most sample, period. <sighs> That's my man, too. And his name is Roy Ayers. And Roy is like 82 years old right now, and he's still out on the scene because he loves what he's doing. And, you know, that doggone uh, Life in the Sunshine that Mary did, and that thing was sampled by 25 different other folks, man. You know, my life, my life in the sunshine. Man, I, 
you know, but that was just one of them. That's just one of them. All right? But I'm going to put the video. Y'all go check out that video. It's five minutes long. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. And he's going to list a lot of the songs that were sampled. And you're going to be like, dang, I didn't know that was a Roy Ayers sample. I'm telling you, album after album, people grab Roy Ayers samples. And they everywhere. Uh, so, uh, can you hear me now? Did y'all hear that before before I hang up? Somebody tell me you heard it. That the answer is Roy Ayers. Yep, you heard it? Okay, good. Now, I'm going to play one of my favorite Roy Ayers songs. This is a song I asked him about, and he didn't play it in the concert because I was waiting on it. So this is the song. <laughs> I, knew this, I knew this song like, it, <laughs> this was my song. And he didn't play it that night. I was like, man, why didn't you play that? And he was so drunk looking at this. <laughs> why he was that drunk? He was he was feeling good that night and looking at all the young ladies. So but this is my this is my royal song. So I'm out of here, folks. Bye. Yeah.